Well, happy Thanksgiving, church. Now, there, I don't know where Drake is, but they were as bad for me, Drake, as they were for you, I noticed. Let's do the traditional one. Good morning, church. That seems to be better than Thanksgiving. Maybe you just have more practice with that one. So last week, last week we started a, a message series called Living in Alignment. Living in Alignment. And if, if you weren't here or if you miss any of the parts, can I just encourage you to like listen to the podcast or watch the video of it? Because these messages go in consecutive order. The, the, um, the first one, in fact, let me just do a quick recap. Do you want to give me my bricks up first of all? I want to do that first. Last week, we were talking about living in alignment within your own being. And today we're going to talk about how to live in alignment with your life purpose. Now, this is really important that you do this in the correct order, because what we said last week was, we imagined that this is what, the, what a human being is like, kind of thing, made up of many parts. We looked at a real key passage of scripture from the book of James that talks about how a double-minded person is unstable in everything they do and that they are unable to receive answered prayers and blessings from God. It's not that God isn't giving, but they're unable to receive because they're double-minded. We talked about how your conscious mind and your subconscious mind can be pulling you in opposite directions and how your emotions can do that. And we're supposed to be living like this. If, if the two, oops, I need that one back because that guy has just lost half his mind. <laughs> right. If the two white bits are your spirit, if they represent your spirit, your mind, and your body. We talked about your spirit has, it contains the beliefs that you hold and the feelings that you generate. And your mind contains the uh, thoughts that you think and the images that you visualize. Your body, that would be the words that you speak and the actions that you take. That when, when we are completely integrated, that is called being a person of integrity. They are integrated. But very often, because we all have unresolved issues in our life, we're not like that. We're like this. We feel like we're getting pulled in all different directions. Part of us wants one thing. Part of us wants something else. We feel guilty about that we need to do something else. We feel like somebody's told us we should be doing something over here. And that is the recipe for a life of instability. And if that is the foundation of your life, and you try to build something of weight on it, you know what's going to happen. And then your life will collapse, and then you'll say, God, I prayed for those blessings, but when you gave me those blessings, they all, my life collapsed. And then God is saying to you, because you need to actually have a strong foundation, first of all. You need to be integrated, 
as a human being, you need to deal with your unresolved issues so that there are no fault lines running through your life so that you can build a great life on top of it. And so that is about living in alignment in your personal being. And one of the things, and my major point really was this, that very often in life, we become frustrated with people, with circumstances, with our job, with the weather, with all kinds of things. We allow things outside of us to frustrate us and make us unhappy. And then what we then do is we try to fix those things. But what we saw last week is when you put the man back together, the whole world comes right. Church, I need to say this because it's like so many people, including Christians, who even build a theology about it, have this really, I think, a really unhealthy concept. And the concept is this. There is something seriously wrong with the world. It's broken down. And, and, and the, Christians will even invent language like we live in a fallen world. However, Feel free to text me or email me if you ever find a verse that says we live in a fallen world because I haven't found it in the Bible. The only thing I've found in the Bible that's fallen is us. All have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And in actual fact, the world works pretty fine, to be honest, it was working fine before you and I came along and it'll be working fine after we've gone. The earth continues to rotate on its axis. Every morning we see the sun rise and every evening it sets. The Canada geese know when the snow is approaching and disappear. The salmon swim back upstream to lay their eggs in the place that they were hatched and so do the turtles. Everything in the world is going on the way it should go on, and, and it's us that is broken. We are the broken people. We are the ones that are all over the place, unstable, damaged, and feeling like we are not aerodynamic. The world is crashing against us. But if we got into alignment as people, we would find out that when the man is put back together, or the woman, or the child, when we become whole, when we become integrated, when we get into alignment in our own beings, the way God created us, all of a sudden, the world seems to be right. And so, and here's the thing. If you're wasting all your time trying to change circumstances beyond your control, and trying to change other people, you're gonna be miserably unhappy. I've tried to change other people and it doesn't work. I've decided it's hard enough work changing myself and I'm gonna concentrate on that. You remember a few years ago I did a message series? It was based on a Michael Jackson song. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to make a change. And that is really what we need to do. But then once we've done that, once we've done that, we then, 
We're kind of in alignment, we're ready to go, and then we want to start living life, but sometimes we don't know what direction to go in our life. Okay, I feel good, I feel healed, whole, the way God created me, and then now I need to go on with my life. And sometimes we will discover things that we think we're supposed to do. Maybe you discover you have a gift in some area and you want to use it and so on. Sometimes we still don't get ahead in life. And we, we are continually being hurt and hindered and harmed and hurt and hindered and harmed. And then we pray and we say, God, why aren't, why is this, it's kind of like this. You know, we've got, we discover we've got a hammer. We think, well, I've got a hammer, so God obviously intends me to use it. So we keep hammer in our hand. And then we pray and we say, Lord, why did you give me a ministry that's so painful? Honestly, you would not believe the number of pastors that I have met throughout my life who are the biggest complainers. Get out the ministry if you don't like it. That's what I want to say to them. And some of them are highly gifted. But there, there is sometimes this belief that if God gives you a gift, you don't need to think, you don't need to investigate, you don't need to study, you don't need to plan. You're just going to go with the flow. God's given me a gift, I'm just going to go with the flow. Boom, boom, boom. Ministry is so painful. <laughs> and then God is saying, if you would ask me for wisdom, you might learn how to, it's not for doing that, it's for hitting the nail in. And so sometimes we are deliberately hurting and harming ourselves because it's like we want to go down a path in life but there's actually a dead end there and we keep banging, banging off the dead end. And sometimes people think that is what you should do. In the secular world, um, they might go to a motivational seminar, or in the Christian world, they might call it faith. But at the end of the day, it's just sheer willpower. I'm gonna burst through this. And the Lord is saying, once your fists start bleeding and you give up doing that, I'm happy to show you the path that you should be going down. It's here. It's a pathway through meadows and beautiful sea. But you want to go and bang, bang, bang. People, faith is not you getting your own way. It's coming in alignment with God's path for your life. And honestly, everything you want is down that path anyway. It's not over there for you. If you are looking for fulfillment in life, the way to be fulfilled is to fulfill your life purpose. And so, if, let's, look, let's look at Ephesians chapter two. I want to just look at this verse. It says this, verse 10, we are God's masterpiece. Now you might not feel like much of a masterpiece. Maybe you feel like you're all weird, and maybe like a Picasso. You're we a weird painting, but half your face here and half there, you know? Maybe you don't feel like a masterpiece, but you are a work in process. God is still painting with you. God is not finished with you yet. And he is working in your life. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? 
so we can do the good things, what just any good things, the good things he planned for us a long time ago. A long time ago, God planned out your particular path in life. You know Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside gentle streams. He leads me in paths of righteousness. What does that mean, he leads me in paths of righteousness? I love the way some modern English translations translate that verse. He leads me down the right path for my life. He leads me down the right path for my life. And so God is this path that he has laid out. Now, could you give me up my little trackway here? Thank you, just put that there just now. I want you to imagine that this is the pathway that God has laid down for you in life. And you are excited about discovering your life purpose and getting into alignment with it. But you've never actually dealt with your own unresolved issues yet. So you don't look like this. You look like this. And you're going to try and travel down a path like this. You know, I used to visit, many years ago, I used to visit Nigeria once a year. And you have never seen buses like the buses they have in Nigeria. Like, I have got no idea how they can squeeze so many people into a bus. You're on the, I was on the highway one time in a car, and we were beside this bus, and there were so many people in the bus, I'm not joking, their faces were actually up against the window. I mean, there must have been no oxygen in there. And there were so many people sitting on top of the bus that the axles of the bus couldn't take it anymore and broke, and the whole bus went down on one side. People, you're not supposed to be carrying five million passengers on board. Some of you are carrying passengers in your mind, and it's people that died decades ago, but they hurt your feelings, and it's still in there, and you're carrying all these passengers, and you're like a, you're like a Nigerian bus. <laughs> you're overcrowded. And you're going to try and go down a path and you're going to lose so much of, what, of your precious cargo. And so it is important that first of all, we allow God to work on us to make our lives into a masterpiece. And once that is done, once we're strong and stable and healthy and integrated and in alignment, we would then be able to, dra- to travel down the right path. But then the next question is, which is the right path? Which is the right path for our life? I've got a few, how many points, how many pieces of track have I got here? I've got one, two, three, four, five. So I have five things that I want to share with you, five points about how to get into alignment with your life purpose. So let's start with number one. Number one is this, and this is really what the whole of last week's message was about. Find and fix your fault lines. Can you say that with me? Find and fix your fault lines. I'm calling that prayerful self-reflection. 
That was what last week was all about. Sometimes we need to spend time in prayerful self-reflection to find out why is it that my hand is so sore? Could it be that I'm hitting it with this hammer? Why is it that I wreck all my relationships? Could it be that I'm carrying an unhealed wound from my past that I'm bringing into what I'm doing now? Prayerful self-reflection. Look at this psalm. It says here, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out any hurtful way in me. Have you ever prayed that prayer? I actually just sat there and said, Lord, point out to me any hurtful way in me. You know, we all know the saying that hurt people hurt people. When someone is carrying hurts, they tend to hurt other people. The same way as if an animal is injured and a rescuer is trying to rescue it, the animal can lash out at the rescuer because it's hurt. We need to spend time in prayerful self-reflection saying, God, will, will you open my eyes? Will you illuminate me? Will you point out to me any fault lines that are in my life, any unresolved issues, any hurtful ways. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Lord, once you've dealt with the unresolved issues in my life, then put me on the right path for my life. And then it says this, here's a prayer, I love this prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. That's the first piece of the track. That's what last week was all about, but it's important to mention it again. The first thing you need to do is spend some time in prayerful self-reflection so that you can find and fix your fault lines. Once you do that, that's the first piece of the, the path that your life is gonna go down. Here's the next one, which is similar. Become acquainted with yourself. Say that with me, please. Become acquainted with yourself. I find, I've found in life, from my own experience when I was younger and from many, many people that I've known, that one of the reasons that we, we become frustrated in life is that we're going down the wrong path for our life and I don't, I don't necessarily mean a bad path. I don't mean that you joined the mafia and became a hitman. I don't mean that. You, it might be a good thing that you're doing, but we go down the wrong path for our life. And I think that the, the major reason that so many of us do that is that we are not acquainted with ourselves. We are, we are looking at other people and we're seeing, we see somebody who's doing something. The thing that they are doing, they are gaining great joy and pleasure and satisfaction and fulfillment from it. They make it look absolutely easy. And it's being a blessing to so many other people. And you say, I, I want to be like that person. No, you only half want to be like them. You want to be like them in this way. They have discovered their life purpose and are fulfilling it. You need to discover your life purpose and fulfill it. 
But what we often do is we see somebody who has discovered their life purpose and then we want to copy them because they seem to have it right. Maybe they do have it right for them, but you're not them, you're you. And so what might be right for them might not be right for you. They might look absolute, listen, I might see someone, I might see someone on television, a celebrity, um, say an actress and she's had her hair done and she's on the red carpet in a beautiful dress and she's wearing amazing high heeled shoes and I say, boy, she is rocking that, she looks amazing. I don't want to wear her shoes and dress. I'm not her. It would be ridiculous for me to try to become her. I want to say she's made the best of herself. I want to make the best of myself. But me putting on her clothes and hairstyle is not going to be me making the best of myself. It's going to be me copying somebody else who I am not. Become acquainted with yourself. Get to know yourself. That's called, if the last one was prayerful self-reflection, this is positive self-reflection. Who am I? What kind of person has God made me to be? The Bible says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and that God knit me together in my mother's womb. I mean, like, I have genetic tendencies and a personality type and particular set of skills and strong points and weak points and preferences and dislikes that make me uniquely different to everybody else. It doesn't matter who everybody else is. Who am I? When I become acquainted with myself, then it's very easy for me to say that path is not the right path for me because that's not the person I am. Look at this, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. If we would examine ourselves with proper judgment, we would not, and I will explain what that is in a moment, we would not come under judgment. We wouldn't say, oh, my life is collapsing and it's falling apart. Because we had evaluated with proper judgment who we are, we had examined ourselves and said, that is not my path, this is my path. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine and it's not shaking and all over the place. Surely, test yourself, test yourself. Sometimes you may, might want to just get out some tests, some personality profile tests and some spiritual gift tests and some strength finder tests and do them and test yourself and find out who you are, what you're gifted at, what you're not gifted at, what your personality is, what it isn't, what makes you unique in God's creation and different from other people. Surely you know that Jesus Christ dwells within you unless you've failed the test of genuine faith. When you get to know yourself, when you become acquainted with yourself, that's like the second piece of your track going down. Third one. The third one was this. What is the third one? Discover your life purpose. Now, I can't, I can't talk much about this today, but I, I did do a three-part, three or four-part message series not that long ago on this subject and you can find the videos on YouTube, you can find the podcasts online, and I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm doing, that was like about two or three hours of teaching I'm gonna do in two or three minutes right now, okay? 
discover your life purpose. And the word discover is important. You do not decide your life purpose. If you have been to some seminar where somebody got you all juiced up and told you, you can be anything you want to be, you can't. But you can be a whole lot more than you are now. You can't be anything you want. Maybe I want to be Sir Francis Drake. Sorry, I was born in the wrong time in history to the wrong parents. I cannot be him. Maybe I want to play basketball for the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> too old, too unfit, too white. It ain't going to happen, right? It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it's not helpful to be told you can, do any, you can be anything you want to be. It's more helpful to be told, discover who you actually are and then become it. Become who you really are. You don't decide it, you discover it, and you discover it by discovering God in your life and the gifts that God's given you and, and the gifts that he hasn't given you because that's not the path that he's leading you down. And you're, when you become acquainted with yourself, it's easy to see which path is right and which path is wrong. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to dedicate your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. If this is spirit, mind, and body, the very first, one of the, one of the problems in life is when people discover their spiritual gifts before they've actually fully and completely dedicated every part of their life to God. Because they can discover their spiritual gifts, they can discover their life's purpose, and they can take off down that path and they're like a firework, you know? It goes up in the air, choo! Everybody says, oh, that's wonderful. And then they blow up and burst and you never hear of them ever again. They go bankrupt, they have a moral failure, they have a fall, whatever it may be, and it's all over and done because they didn't do number one first. Find and fix their fault lines. And that's, look, number one, dedicate your body to God. And in that message series, when you find that, I, will sh I share a story about how I went away on a three-day retreat on my own based on this passage of Scripture. Because I, I, I was at a stage in my life that I did not know what path to take. And I went away for three days praying and reading the Bible and thinking and journaling and stuff like that. And on day one, I spent day one simply in prayerful self-reflection, finding out if there was anything in my life that was an issue that I needed to give over to God and praying about it and dedicating my body and every part of me to God afresh as a living sacrifice, right? Then, number two is your mind. He then says this, this is truly the way to worship God. Then he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Oh, look at that person. They're successful. They're happy. They're blessed. I will copy them so that I can be, how come I'm copying everything they're doing and it's working for them and it's not working for me because you're not them. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God change you. Let him transform you. Let him change you into a new person when you change the way you think. 
when you spend time in positive self-reflection and begin to evaluate properly, and this is where he goes on and says this, because of the authority God has given me, I give you this warning. Don't think of yourself, don't think you are better than you truly are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. When I went away on that retreat, the reason I had a journal was I wanted to be honest in my evaluation of myself. And I spent hours and hours, a whole day actually, writing down lists. Lists of things I was good at and lists of things I wasn't good at. And in order for it to get onto the list of things I was good at, it, it couldn't just be something that I thought I was good at. It had to be something that other people thought I was good at as well. Because I didn't, never wanted to be that X Factor person that comes out on the stage and cannot sing. And Simon Cowell says, you can't sing. But my mother told me I could. Well, your mother lied to you. You can't sing. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather be honest in your evaluation with yourself? What am I good at? What am I not good at? What do I like? What do I not like? Um, what kind of personality have I got? What kind of personality have I not got? What, what skills do I have? What skills do I definitely not have? What spiritual gifts do I believe God's given me? And what ones do I never seem to happen in my life. I became acquainted with myself so that I could evaluate myself by the measure of faith that God has given me. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of the body and we all belong to one another and by God's grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. God has given you certain gifts for doing things well that he hasn't given to somebody over here. But he's given them certain gifts for doing certain things well that he hasn't given to you. And so this is where we find our uniqueness. Read on, let's read on. Do I have another one? For doing certain things well? Uh, for, okay, for doing certain things well. Spiritual gifts, life purpose is based on who we are. If I am not, if I had a truck that was four sizes bigger than this or four sizes smaller than this, it would not be designed to fit down this track. But if I know what size of truck I have, I know what size of track I'm designed to go down. And so, number one, find and fix your fault lines. Number two, become acquainted with yourself. Number three, discover your life purpose by discovering your uniqueness in life and making sure that there is nothing unresolved that is gonna cause you to be shipwrecked. Number four, build a strong and growing relationship with God. Can we say that together? Build a strong and growing relationship with God. Because through all of this, this is not just a psychological process. This is a spiritual process. You're not just an accident here on earth. God chose you. 
Before the world was created, God knew that you would be alive and at this time in history, right where you are, right here, right now. You are not an accident. God saw you before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. And he chose you and he set a path for you to walk down in life. So it, that means this is more than just about discovering who you are. This is also about discovering who God is. Build a strong and growing relationship with God. Always be eager, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, always be eager to present yourself before God as a mature minister. Not as somebody that's all over the place, but somebody who has integrity, somebody who is integrated, who is aligned, who is mature, who has done the work that they need to do. As a mature minister, without shame, you've dealt with all those things. As one who can correctly understand the word of truth. In a palace, you find many kinds of containers and tableware for many different uses. Some are beautifully inlaid with gold or silver, but some are made of wood or earthenware. Some are, are, uh, are used for banquets and special occasions and some for everyday use. But you must not see your life this way. What he's saying here is, look, you might look at other people and say, oh my goodness, they are, uh, they're just perfect. They're inlaid with gold and silver. They're a beautiful ornament. And I feel like a broken teacup. Don't think of your life this way, he said. Always be eager to present yourself before God. Always do these things. And when you do those things, your life won't... Oh, well, they're better than me. No, you serve a useful purpose. And if you feel like you're just a cheap utensil... As you get into alignment with yourself and as you begin to build a strong and growing relationship with God, God is healing those areas. God is fixing those areas. You might say, okay, if we're all vases or we're all pots, then I'm a crackpot. That's what I am. <laughs> but the Bible has lots of images about God being the potter and us being the clay. And it says, when the clay gets marred, the potter just kneads it together and remakes it again into something beautiful. So even if you've made a total, complete mess of your life up until now, don't panic. Don't think of yourself that way. Don't see yourself as just discarded, broken, cheap, a crackpot. See yourself as someone who is being put back together because you are building a growing and strong and deep relationship with God. And through prayerful self-reflection, you're being healed and put back together. And do you see how this is a long process? Do you see how you don't just wake up one day and you've got and everything in your life is just amazing? So my last point is this. If it's going to take you time to lay out the pathway or, uh, for your life or to find the pathway that God has forelaid out for you, if it's going to take you time to find that, then my last point is how about we extend the same grace to other people? When you meet someone and they hurt your feelings, and you go to talk to them, they go Rah! at you. You have to say to yourself, they too are a work in process. 
I will give them time to get everything straightened out so that they can go down the right. And then, you, you know, sometimes in life, if we are traveling along a path and we hit a barrier, like I said at the beginning, we think we should just keep pushing, keep pushing, push right through it. We might call that willpower, or we might call it positive thinking, or we might call it spiritual warfare, or we might call it faith, but it might just be that we're on the wrong stupid path all along. And maybe we need to spend some time in self-reflection. But when we get on the right path for our life, have you noticed that when people do things that they're gifted at doing, it looks effortless to them? And then you try it and you think, oh my goodness, this is really hard. All of a sudden, life becomes a straight path that we are able to travel along once it's laid out. But I want, to, I want one closing thought, and it's this. I am not saying that once you deal, once you find and fix your fault lines and deal with them, that you will never have fault lines again. Because you live in a real world with real people who are going to hurt your feelings. You might have a job that the company goes bankrupt and you lose it. I'm not saying that once you find and fix your fault lines, you'll never have more fault lines. You will face other issues at life. Keep finding them and keep fixing them. Okay? I'm not saying that once you've spent time in on positive self-reflection and, and become acquainted with yourself one time, that's it, you know. Look, maybe you've been married to somebody for 30 years. You're still finding out new things about them. I know after you were married for a year, you thought you knew all about them. And then four years later, you thought, I never, I never saw that side of you before. Or they tell you a story, you know, I've never heard that story before. It's an ongoing journey, and becoming acquainted with yourself is an ongoing journey. And the same with all of these other points. Discovering your life purpose, that may be something that you need to do two or three times in your life. Because you, your life may have different seasons. You might be like a Renaissance person. You're an architect for 10 years, and then you become a medical doctor for 10 years, and then you become an artist for 10 years, and then you become a composer for 10 years. You know, that's what they used to do during the Renaissance. Maybe you've got many strings to your bow. I don't know, but that is something you need to do often. Developing a strong relationship with God is a lifelong process. And learning not to judge others and extend to them grace is another one. Now, what happens if everything's fine in your life and you're going along, but now you're a changing season and, and you're, you feel like you've been derailed? Well, my, and here's my closing thought. I've got a verse for you. It's from Proverbs. And this is the closing thought. That this is not a once and for all thing. This is a this is a life skill, okay? My son, if you will take time to stop and listen to me and embrace what I say, lots of people gain head knowledge. They'll even take notes and they've got head knowledge. But there's a difference between knowing facts and integrating them into your personality, okay? Embrace what I say. You will live a long and happy life. 
Does anybody want that? Does that sound good? Full of understanding in every way. I have taken you by the hand in wisdom's ways, pointing out to you the path of integrity, the path that integrated people travel down. Your progress, isn't this great? Your progress will have what? No limits when you come along with me. And you will never stumble as you walk along the way. So receive my correction, no matter how hard it is to swallow, because when you're out of alignment, wisdom will snap you back into place again. Her words will be invigorating life to you. Have you ever woken up and and thought about the coming day and thought, oh, it's not a good feeling, is it? Have you ever woke up and thought about the coming day and suddenly felt invigorated? Kind of like leapt out of bed, jumped on the cat, you know? I mean, isn't it much better in life when there's a sense of invigoration because you feel fulfilled, because you are fulfilling something that is just so meant for you to do? And isn't there a feeling of dread when you're on the wrong path and you're stumbling about and you feel like you're walking through thick treacle, that everything is a struggle? People, if you get off path in your life, and you will many, many, many times, get back to God, get back to prayer, get back to personal and positive self-reflection, ask for wisdom, and wisdom will snap you back into place and you will, your progress will have no limits in life after that. And Jesus came to bring us good news. And if that's not good news, I don't know what good news is. So why don't we stand together? We're going to pray this into our lives now. Come on, let's all stand. We're going to pray, connect with God, ask God to work in our lives to make us people of integrity, people who are integrated. Then we're gonna ask God to put us onto the right path for our lives so that we are flowing in the right direction. And then in the next lessons that we look at, we're gonna look at how, how guidance comes to us, how we know when we're on the right path and on the wrong path, and how God is the anchor and the center in all that we do. And when we have all of these pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together that will make up this message series, that picture will be a picture of your life, of your future, of your destiny, and of you as the completed masterpiece that God has created you to be. Let's close our eyes, lift our hands, and let's say together, Father God, today I ask for your help. Through the power of your Spirit, working deeply within me, help me to find and fix my fault lines through prayerful self-reflection. Help me to become acquainted with myself the person you've made me to be. 
help me to discover my life purpose the path you have prepared for me help me to build a relationship with you that is deep and strong and ever growing and help me to always extend grace to others I ask you for this I believe you I receive the answer I will live in it from this day on thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen let's give him a praise charge